All right. Yes. That's good stuff, man. Thank you so much for being a church that uh, loves students, that prioritizes the next generation. Students, thank you for just being awesome. Uh, and uh, we are just thankful, thankful for your prayers. Uh, those of us who are adults who had the privilege of going uh, with our students, I think two weeks later now, have finally caught up on sleep. Uh, but it was, it was such a blessing to be there. And, and just major props to Alec, our student ministry director, and Ashley's wife, and our, student, our adults who went, uh, and our students. It was just an incredible week, and you should ask them about it because they have stories to tell. Uh, we are a church. One of our values is that we uh, want to be a church that every generation prioritizes the next generation. And so that's happening this week through Power Up Clubs. Uh, we want to invite you to be a part of that as we are taking Vacation Bible School outside the church building to the people, to the community. So be a part of that. Uh, you can find out more information on our website, still get information about that and register uh, or stop by the uh, children's check-in and talk to Lucas this uh, after service and you can get more information about that. And then tonight, uh, we have our, our monthly prayer night at five o'clock here in this room. We want to invite you to be a part of that as we are going to be praying for our community, for our engagement in this community, and for power-up clubs that are happening this week. Uh, this morning, before we start, I do also want to welcome the Northwest Florida State basketball team in. Uh, they're here joining us this service, so we're so thankful uh, you guys are here. And uh, you guys be sure and welcome them uh, after service and uh, let them know how thankful you are that they've uh, joined us today. And if you are new, uh, we would love to meet you. So text the word CONNECT to the number on the screen. Uh, that'll let us know who you are. We can connect with you this week. One of our pastors will follow up with you. And that would be uh, our joy and our privilege. Uh, my name is Justin White. I'm the pastor of worship and missions here at Church on Bayshore. Our lead pastor, James, is on vacation uh, this Sunday. Uh, so we're praying for him and his family as they're away, just uh, being restored. And uh, next week, he's going to lead worship So uh, in place since I'm doing this. So just kidding. You don't want that. Uh, <laughs> he can do a lot of things, singing maybe not one. Uh, he, he would say that too, so that's not an offense. So uh, before we uh, start, I just want to uh, pray for us. God, as we come to you, we come to your word. Would you just help us? We've got nothing apart from you. Help us. God, as a, as a faith family, we just pray right now um, for those who are part of our community who are sick. Uh, we have so many right now um, battling COVID, battling other illnesses. And so we're praying, God, that you will be a healer, sustainer. How we pray uh, for Right now, as we open your word, speak to us. Jesus, we pray in your name, amen. So today we are beginning a new sermon series in Mark chapter four. For those of you who are new, uh, typically on Sunday mornings, we go through books of the Bible and go verse by verse and let the word speak to us. And so we're continuing in the gospel of Mark chapter four with a series called Beneath the Surface. And when you hear the word beneath the surface, this is what it means. It means that what we see is not always what is reality. That there are things that may not be clearly visible that are hidden and things that are, may not be obvious. For example, uh, my wife, uh, Christy, some of you know her, and if you know her, you know that she's just a dear, a dear, dear person. So nice, so sweet, but what you don't know is that underneath, beneath the surface is a fierce beast beastly competitor 
And when it's game time at the White House, all gloves are off. In fact, last night she beat me and our oldest son in a game of Uno and threw the cards on the table and was like, who's winning tonight? beneath the surface. James, our lead pastor, you know, almost every Sunday he manages to make some kind of joke about cats and cat people. But what you don't know is that beneath the surface, he actually loves cats. And secretly, he hopes that you all buy him a cat for Christmas. (laughs) Lots of cats at the Ross house. When you go to the ocean, you know, it can look beautiful, but it's not always the surface that was dangerous. It's what's going on underneath the surface, right? The currents, the animals that can make what looks appealing, very dangerous. And when we moved to Niceville two and a half years ago, uh, we, uh, because the housing market's crazy, we moved into a crazy fixer-upper. And if you've ever been in a fixer-upper, if you've ever lived through fixing up a fixer-upper, and if you've ever lived through fixing up a fixer-upper with six kids in your house, you know that the things you see that need to be fixed, there's always, always way more beyond the surface so much so that it can lead you to despair and depression. But that's another story. Beneath the surface, there's always something going on. And when Mark chapter four, we begin to see Jesus is teaching and he teaches in parables. And these are stories that he tells to help us understand the kingdom of God. And so he tells a story, but beneath the surface of the story, there's always a deeper, greater meaning. So we're actually gonna fast forward through the first parable he tells, the parable of the sower, and we're gonna... Uh, talk about that next week. And we're going to look at Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 25, which is linked to what Jesus is saying in the beginning. But all of us today, all of us today, no matter what's going on on the outside, no matter what we look like on the outside, no matter how we're trying to project ourselves, no matter what kind of image we're trying to give off, all of us have something going on beneath the surface. All of us have stress in our life. All of us have things on our minds. All of us have things weights that we're carrying, we all have something going on beneath the surface. Let me ask you this question. How would you feel if everything you ever did was on display for everyone to see? How would you feel if everything you ever did was revealed and seen by everyone? Let's take it a level further. How would you feel if every thought you've ever thought was on display for everyone to see? How would you feel if everything you've ever thought was on display for all to see? Uncomfortable yet? The truth is, is if that were the case, we would all run and never look another person in the eye ever again the rest of our lives, right? Because if we're honest, and you should be honest, not just in church, but all the time, we should be honest. We've all done some bad stuff. Even more than that, we've all thought some wicked stuff. Right? We've all thought wicked stuff. We've had these thoughts. We've done these things. So Jesus says, let the light expose it all. Verse 21 of Mark chapter four, let's read together. He said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued, 
With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. So Jesus uses this illustration of a lamp and a light to help the disciples and those who are following understand what the kingdom of God is like. And to understand light for them, we need to understand that first, that they had no electricity like we do, right? So we experience darkness, we turn on the lights. But for them, the world was utterly dark. When the lights went out, when it was nighttime, there was the moon, if it was a moon season, a moon night, and there were the stars. And beyond that, it was pitch black darkness. And so those who could afford it, which wasn't everyone, would have oil lamps. There were ceramic jars with a little hole that you would put linen in. It would be filled with oil. You would put linen in it, and that was the wick you used. Now, you had to burn fabric at that point, so it definitely was a luxury and not for everyone. So not everyone even had a lamp, and those who had understood that if you had a lamp, if you had the privilege of affording a lamp, You wouldn't bring it into your house at nighttime and hide it under something, but you would actually put it up to illuminate the whole room. And here's why, because light does two things. Light does two things. The first thing it does is this, light exposes. Light exposes, which means it uncovers and reveals. How many of you have ever gone into a dark room and you've heard a noise You're like, what was that? You look at your friend, you're like, I don't know, you first. No, you first. No, no, I insist, you first. No, and then you turn on the lights to see there's like bugs everywhere and they, what what do bugs do when the light happens? Scatter, right? Light exposes. Don't you wanna see those things before you walk in a room? Like if you're about to walk in a room that's filled with a bunch of roaches, like don't you wanna know that's in there before you walk in, right? Some of y'all like, stop talking about roaches. I'm itching, right? But Don't you want to know that? But light exposes what the dark hides. Light exposes and reveals what the dark hides. That's why some of you, even you adults, still like to sleep with the nightlight, right? You're like, I don't like it dark because there's something mysterious about the dark. There's something scary about the dark. Light exposes things we don't necessarily want to see but that we need to be revealed. Light exposes things that we don't necessarily want to see, but that we need to be revealed. And spiritually, when we encounter the light of Jesus Christ, it exposes our sin. It exposes us for who we really are. When the light of Jesus, just like the light in a room, shines all the danger that could be ahead, the light of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, exposes our sin. It exposes us. It exposes the wrong things we've done. And not only does it expose the wrong things we've done, but it exposes the wrong reasons we've done the right things. It exposes our pride. It exposes our lust. It exposes our ego. It exposes our lack of trust. It exposes our envy. It exposes our selfishness. It exposes our bitterness. It exposes our anger. It exposes our jealousy. It leaves us bare, exposed. And exposure is incredibly uncomfortable. And I believe that is why so many Christians don't fully engage in worship, why Christians don't fully engage in life groups and small groups and accountability where people can hold you accountable. It's why people don't study the Bible. It's why we don't pray. It's because doing all those things 
brings us to the light and light exposes and light exposure is uncomfortable. The second thing that light does is this, it illuminates. It lights up a whole room. So it exposes things, but it also illuminates. It makes everything visible and it clarifies everything around us. Light is the filter through which we see all things. That's why you can put on a shirt and think it's blue and go out in the light and realize it's actually black or gray. That's why you can get ready and think, man, I'm looking good today. And then you go somewhere and you go in the bathroom and it has fluorescent lighting. You're like, I have aged 30 years in 10 minutes, right? It exposes everything, but it also illuminates and helps us see things very clearly. So exposure gives illumination and illumination then leads to the right perspective, Exposure leads to illumination and illumination then leads to the right perspective. If some of you grew up singing this song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And what happens? And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So when we have the right perspective, everything else falls into place. And so when we see Jesus, when we see him for who he is, and he lights it up, we can see clearly. And when we see him for who he is, our savior, our king, the risen son of God, we also see ourselves for who we are, and that is that we are desperately in need of him, but called as his children, redeemed by the blood. So light exposes and it illuminates. John 1, 1 through 5 says this. It'll be on the screen if you don't have this in your, follow along the sermon notes in your Bibles. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Beautiful thing about light is that darkness can't overcome it. Once there is light, there is no more dark. Darkness is dark. I know that was profound, right? Darkness is dark, but as soon as you introduce light, it's not dark anymore. There is light. There is light, and the light of Jesus cannot be extinguished. It cannot be thwarted. It cannot be diminished. Jesus is the light, Jesus isn't this little light that we can take and compartmentalize and tuck away so it's, here's, here's your little corner of my life, Jesus. No, the light of Jesus illuminates all things and it's the filter through which we see all of life. That exposure of our sin and the illumination of the world through the lens of Jesus gives us the right perspective for all of life. Mark four twenty two, the next verse in this passage says this, for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out in the open. Whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed, whatever you try to cover up is meant to be brought out into the open. Nothing is hidden from the light. Nothing is hidden from the light. And the light of Jesus Christ exposes all things. It exposes us for who we are. It exposes our sin. It exposes us and it exposes our need for him. And here's the good news about that exposure. Though it is incredibly uncomfortable, though we don't want it, it is exactly what we need because only things that are exposed and out in the open can actually be dealt with, right? 
Only things that are exposed and actually dealt with, only, excuse me, only things that are exposed and out in the open can be dealt with. Several years ago, I had a good friend who, uh, and I have permission to share this story from him, uh, a good friend that I used to run with uh, at least two or three times a week. We would run and we would talk about everything. We'd talk about our family. We'd talk about Jesus. We'd talk about faith. We'd talk about job, my job. We would talk about everything. And it was just good running. And then he called me one day out of the blue, and I was like, that's kind of weird because, you know, we just usually text, and hey, you're going to be there at 7, we'll be there at 7, we'll be there. He called and said, hey, I need to talk to you about something. I was like, okay, what's up? And he's like, well, um, actually, uh, Lori just found out, that was his wife, uh, she just found out I've been having an affair, and so I just uh, kind of just need you to know. Like, okay, like, that's all? <laughs> that's all you want to say? And uh, so, sin exposed. Sin exposed. So, months later, I'm talking to him, we're counseling, counseling her. He's just completely a buffoon, man. He's my friend. I was like, you are, it's crazy. Totally unrepentant, thinks he deserves it. He literally like told me to my face, like, Justin, I just really think God sent this other woman to me as a gift. And I was like, you are deceived, brother. You are so deceived. That is a lie from the pit of hell. So months go by and he's not changing. And you know, and I'm like, man, I'm giving you some really awesome counsel, man. I'm telling you the right thing to do. Like, I'm good at this and you're just dumb. But that's my thought, you know. It goes on and they divorce because he just is unrepentant. But then God intervened and broke him and broke him and broke him. About a year later, he became a Christian. He thought he was one before. He became a Christian and I baptized him. And then about 10 minutes after we baptized him at Henderson Beach State Park, we remarried him and his wife. Because that's what God does. But there is no restoration. There is no healing without exposure. And I told him, I said, do you realize like what you just went through was so hard on everyone. It was painful. You caused like so much pain for your family, for your kids. But if it weren't exposed, you would have kept marching on a road to hell. Praise God that he loves us enough to expose our sin. Praise God that he loves us enough to expose our sin because only things that can, are exposed can be dealt with. 1 John 1, 5 through 10. What a beautiful passage. It really mirrors the first chapter of the gospel of John. It says this, this message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, praise God, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we haven't sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Isn't that good truth? If we confess our sin, if you allow God in his light to expose your sin and recognize your need for him, you are forgiven. Praise God, right? 
Praise God for that truth. And I think, you know, when we come to God and we're exposed, we come face to face with our own insufficiency. And none of us, like me especially, like none of us want to admit that we're not sufficient on our own. Like none of us want to ask for help. None of us want to confess that we don't have it all together. I mean, we live in this community that very, one of the core values of the people of our community is that you have to look like you've got it all together, right? But praise God that that's not what he's asking us to do. He's like, you can't do that. One of the things that Pastor James says often is that, that Jesus didn't come to put us in our place he came and put himself in our place and died the death that we should die. So I think a lot of times when we talk about exposing sin, we view Jesus as this like cosmic security patrol, walking around with a flashlight going, just checking out things over here. Oh, gotcha, ha, gotcha. Told you you're gonna fail, I'm moving on. Like that's how we view Jesus as he's just walking around with this light to shine on us just to catch us and then beat us up. Say, see, I told you, but that is not the heart of our God. That is not the heart of our God because Jesus wants to expose our sin, not to say, gotcha, but to say, no, I've got you. Like, I've got you, I've got you. He wants to expose our sin because there is where we realize how much we need him. Like, do you realize today, church, like, do you realize how desperately you need him? Like, you don't have your next breath apart from him. You have nothing apart from him. And Jesus isn't walking around waiting for you to screw up so he can turn the light on you and say, get your act together, boy. Get your act together, girl. He's saying, no, that's why I came. That's why I came, because you can't get your act together. You can't be good enough. You can't outright your wrongs. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and you don't have life apart from me. It's actually our brokenness, it's actually our sin, it's actually our confession of our need for him that draws our Savior's heart to us. You get that? Like, Jesus wants to expose your sin, not to condemn you, but to save you, to forgive you, to restore you, to do what he promises in John 10, 10, that you may have life and have life abundantly. That's the heart of our God. And when we get that, we get that light, when we get that, we put it on a lamp and we shine it for the world to see because part of what Jesus is saying here is this is the message of the gospel and this message is too good not to share. The message of the kingdom is meant to be shared. This message is meant to be shared It's not meant to have its final destination rest in your heart, but it's meant to transform you and then transform the world around you. Mark 4, 23 through 24. Let's continue on just through this passage. It says this. We had two verses about light, and now we have two verses about, uh, excuse me, three verses about hearing. It says this. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more, Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. So we should be careful how we listen. It's pretty explicit. We should be careful how we listen. And what Jesus is saying is, listen to what I'm saying. Don't just just hear it, but listen. And we should be careful how we are listening. Because to those who hear, we are responsible. 
Don't listen like I know some of you might do, but I definitely do. Like I'll be working on something, be on my computer, and I'll be on my phone or something. The kid will come and one of my children will come and talk to me and ask me some questions. I'm just like, yeah, uh huh, that's awesome. That's good. That's good. Okay, thanks, Dad. Like, great. I'm a good parent. Whatever. And I go outside and they're like on the roof, and I'm like, what you doing up there, buddy? You said I could. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Oh, I guess I probably did. Not. That's not how we're to listen. (laughs) Like we are to give our attention to the words of the Lord. Give our attention. And this is what he says. It's all going to be exposed one day. Why not allow the light of Jesus to expose it all now so that we can be forgiven? As we listen, how are we careful? I think this is important for us. We need to recognize our tendency to rationalize and minimize what Jesus says. Jesus gives some very clear commands for us to follow And we need to recognize our tendency to rationalize and minimize. And this is how that comes out as we read a passage like, well, surely he's not saying that. That's not what he really means. No, it's it's 2021, like that was back then, this is now. And so it's just different now. We need to be careful how we hear and we need to ask the word of God to sift our hearts, not rationalize and water it down. Mark 4, 25 it says, whoever has will be given more and whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And so here's the promise we see in this is whoever, those who hear and obey are promised even more faith and understanding. So Jesus is saying, I'm speaking in parables, I'm teaching in parables, and those of you who want to understand it are going to understand it. Those of you who hear it and obey it, you are promised even more faith and understanding. But for those who are not you're promised great loss. Those who hear and obey are promised even more faith and understanding. Those who do not are promised great loss. Everything you think you're holding on to, your status, your reputation, your money, your imagined security, you'll lose it. You'll lose it. And Jesus says, in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So my question is to you this morning, have you accepted the reality that Jesus is the light? Have you accepted the reality that he is the light of the world that exposes your sin and you've got no hope apart from him? the light that exposes, illuminates, and gives perspective, but ultimately that light chases away the darkness. Have you surrendered to that reality today? Like, have you surrendered to him? And if you have, my question to you is this, have you taken that gospel message and buried it or carried it? Because for those who earnestly want more, you will receive more. And for those who want it for selfish gain, you'll lose it all. Have you buried it? Have you said, Jesus, you're just a part of my life? No, Jesus is life. He's not just a part of life. He is life. Or have you carried that hope? Have you carried that message? Have you carried that light? And are you letting that light be the filter through which you see all of life? All other lights will burn out, but Jesus is the only light, the only light that will burn eternal. Everything else, every other pursuit, every other reason we live will burn out. Jesus is the only light that burns eternal. That exposure of our sin leads to illumination of our need for him, illuminates who he is, and it leads us to the right perspective. 
So in, in my house, uh, we have a lot of, we have six kids, and that means we have, each kid has their stuff. They have their, their area, their room, their shoes, their clothes, and often what happens in my house uh, happens um, with one of my kids, but it also happens to me. It's like, I can't, I lose something, right? Like, I lose my keys and my wallet and my phone all the time. Some of y'all are that person in your family, right? And my kids lose stuff, and I'm like, you know, why can't I just, I don't know why my brain will not allow me just to put it in the exact same spot every time, but it just doesn't work. The brain doesn't work that way, sorry. And my kids will come and say, Dad, have you seen my shoe? I'm like, we got a lot of shoes in this house. Like, I don't even know which one's yours. Like, I don't know. They're like, I'll ask mom. She probably knows. I'm like, you're right. She probably does know because she knows all that stuff. But usually I'm like, well, where have you? I looked for it everywhere, right? That's the phrase, right? I looked for it everywhere. And even I say that to Christy when I can't find my wallet. Have you looked? I've looked everywhere. I was just panic. It's a universal thing. And so then I'll be like, all right, well, let's go look. And then inevitably we go to their room and their room um, is, you know, there's, there's laundry everywhere. And we like, we find the, whatever they're looking for. Usually it's like underneath something. Like it's usually underneath the pile of clothes or whatever they've left out. And some of y'all are like, I've never felt so seen and heard right now. This is my life, <laughs> right? But Jesus is the light of the world. And so he says, take this light and don't just light it. I, and I'm not using a flame because that would be dangerous for me. So I'm the light of the world. What does the light do? It exposes and illuminates and gives perspective. He says, you don't take this light. You don't take this light and hide it. But you take this light and you put it on a lampstand. And you let it light up the whole house. Put the light out and it gives perspective on everything. But too often, we don't put the light in the lampstand, but we just receive Jesus as this part. Like, oh, like Jesus, I'm good now, I can go live my life, and so we continue on. And, and then we, we bring in our laundry and we're like, well, Jesus, I got the light, but um, I also got like everything that I'm worried about, so I'm just gonna hope that didn't fall. That'll ruin the illustration, don't fall light. And I got, I've got all this, this stuff from my past that I, I, I'd just rather not talk about, deal with, I'd just rather pretend like that was not a part of my life. So I'm just gonna do that. And then, you know, we're, we're actually really busy because we've got travel ball. And, you know, I've got a pretty awesome career and I'm trying to make some more money so that I can set up for retirement. And um, I really want a second boat. So there you go. I don't have one, so that's not me. Uh, and I just need some more stuff. And if, um, you know, I've got some things that in my life um, that I just wish weren't reality, so I'm working hard to try to be disciplined to change all those things on my, in my own strength. And, and if I could just be better, like if I could just be better, then I'll be better. And so what happens is, is that we take this lie of the world and we've treated it like it's a part of life and not like it's life. But Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. 
Like I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Not the light of a piece. Not the light of a corner. I'm the light of the world. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. And so when we allow ourselves to be exposed and when we see the world through the lens of Jesus, that gives us the right perspective. And all of a sudden, we realize like my sin isn't mine to carry. And my worries, like they're not mine. And they... And, and they and the temptations that I face, like they actually don't have the power over me that I thought they did. And, and, and I can actually trust him with my future. And I can trust that he's good. And, and he actually gives me purpose in my life that's greater than just having a good career and a nice retirement. He actually gives me purpose. He gives me vision. And we realize like when the light of Jesus is lifted high in our lives, like it puts everything in perspective. Does that mean our temptations go away? No. If you're telling yourself that, you're lying. Temptations don't go away. Worry doesn't go away. Doubts don't go away. They're just in their right space. The light of Jesus Christ shines on those things and the light shines in the darkness. So my question to you is where is Jesus? Because I think that's what we do. We're like, Jesus, Jesus, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And Jesus is like, I'm here. I'm the light of the world, son. I'm the light of the world, daughter. Trust me. Everything else will fall into place and it's proper perspective and your sin, you realize that because I came, because I lived, because I died, because I rose again, your sin, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You're worried that you're so consumed with fear that you, you just trust that his, my perfect love is casting out your fear. It doesn't say it's cast out and done. It is casting out all fear so you can trust. When we look at Jesus Christ, he is the light of the world. And some of us are just content walking in the darkness, thinking it's up to us to find the way out. But Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light. So have you trusted in him? In college, uh, a couple of friends and I, I guess a group of friends and I, like we decided it was a really good idea. One, because you do really smart things in college sometimes. We went to this like really rundown haunted house at the county fair, like where we were. And that, that is not uh, an endorsement of haunted houses and what your convictions are on that. But at the time we thought it sounded fun. So we went and you know, like you're waiting in line to get in and you hear all the screams and everybody's like, ah, and you hear chainsaws and you're like, what's going on in there? And that's like part of the buildup that gets you all worked up, right? It's part of the buildup that gets you all worked up. And so somehow in our group of friends, you have to go in a small group. And uh, I ended up at the front of the group, I guess because I'm 6'4". I don't know. I'm also really tough. So uh, but I ended up at the front of this group. And it just so happened that like how we got separated in our group of friends ended up being like me and like five girls behind me. And they're all like huddled behind me. And I'm like, all right, I gotta like man up here. Like, you know, cause you just kind of get a little worked up over these things you're like, and, and here's what happened is we, we go through this haunted house and I will say, I, I must've done a really good job being the leader because I married one of those girls later, just saying. Um, she was so impressed with my bravery. But you start going to the haunted house and it's pitch black, right? It's pitch black, you can't see a thing. And I'm like, I don't want one of these things to come out and grab me. And I, don't, I certainly don't want to like run into a wall. I can't see where I'm going. So I decided the most logical thing to do in this haunted house was just to start kicking. 
So I'm at this front of the, the group, and we're just walking, and I'm like, <clears throat> like, I just start kicking, I kicked a wall, I kicked stuff, I probably broke things, but you know what, I didn't care. Because I was like, I got ladies to protect. And I'm just walking through this haunted house, it's pitch black, and I'm just kicking, just kicking, just kicking, just kicking, hoping I don't make a fool of myself, hoping I don't injure one of the actors, you know, but also not caring because they shouldn't reach for me. I'm kicking, right? And I just think that is a great illustration of how some of us walk through life. Like we're just walking through life with the lights off and we're just kicking, trying to find our way out. Like, I think this is right. Boom. I think this is right. I think this is right. And so we just start kicking and we're just kicking down every door. We're kicking down everything. And you know what the solution in the dark is? You don't have to kick, you just turn on the light. Do you realize if you've ever been in a haunted house, like it all looks so ridiculous when the lights are turned on, right? You realize it's just a bunch of paint and people in weird clown masks. What can they do to you? Nothing. Legally, they can't even touch you. They can't do anything to you. But that's the way we're so content to like run around in the darkness like, I think this is the way I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to get here. And you know, why just turn on the light and everything else is put into perspective? Turn on the light and everything is put in perspective. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look in his glorious, wonderful face and the things of this world will what? Grow strangely dim in the light of his glory, in the light of his grace. So this morning, I'm just saying to you this. What are you trying to hide? Like, what do you think you can hide from God? What do you think you've done that he doesn't already know? that he hasn't already seen. What do you think that, God, you couldn't possibly forgive this? It is not impossible for God to do anything. So you can stand before him fully exposed and know that our merciful, good, awesome, powerful, faithful shepherd king is running to you. And you are forgiven. If you're here this morning and you've never made that confession, I just say, do it now. I say, Jesus, I'm running to you. And if you're here and you've been a Christian for a while and you're struggling, like, just make that confession. If you think you're good, guess what? You're not. Like, make that confession. Let Jesus expose your heart so that you can know the depths and the riches of his mercy. Like, the older I get, the more I realize my heart is just wicked. But Jesus is a great redeemer. And the older I get, like the more I realize like how big of a sinner I am and how much I need him. And so as we age in Christ, I just pray that we understand in new depths how awesome he is, how great he is how good he is, and we never stop. You, you cannot plummet the depths and the riches of God's love and his grace towards his children. You can't. So if you are a son or daughter of the king, just know you need him. And if you need to make that confession this morning, I just say, now's the time. If you want to talk to someone about believing in him, you can text the word believe, the number on the screen, or we'll be down front as we close our service. We'd love to talk to you, pray with you. 
In just a minute, we're gonna close out with this song, um, This Little Light of Mine. No, I'm just kidding. We're not gonna sing This Little Light of Mine. But we are gonna sing this song that um, I think is just incredible. This hymn of Jesus. And there's a, a line we're gonna sing right at the very beginning. And it says this. What gift of grace is Jesus my redeemer? What gift of grace is Jesus? There is no more for heaven to give. Like it's not Jesus plus something, it is Jesus. There's no more for heaven to give. So if you're here this morning, you're thinking you can trust, it's, it's all about trusting Jesus and doing stuff. No, the doing stuff is the result of trusting Jesus. He changes us and then we're compelled to live for him. I just say this morning, do you trust him? Do you trust him enough to let him expose your sin so that you can be forgiven, healed, and restored? As we pray with me. Lord God, we thank you that you are um, so merciful to us, holy, perfect, faithful in every way. And we just pray right now, Lord, that you will help us to recognize that you are the light of the world. That we could trust you. That you exposing us and exposing our need for you is so that you not can condemn us, but you can meet us. So Lord, right now, in this moment, would you meet us? Meet us, Lord. Help us to see you, Jesus, with the right perspective, that you rule over all. You are the light of the world, Lord, and that light pierces the darkness. It makes darkness flee. And I just pray today just that the, 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 the bondage of sin will be broken in lives. And we'll just say, Jesus, you're sufficient, you're enough, and I trust you. Help me to see all this stuff, all this stuff I'm worried about, all this stuff I'm focused on that's just not of you. Lord, Lord, just let me look at you. I believe when I look at you, temptation loses its power. I believe that when I look at you, Lord, my sin doesn't define me, that you define me as your child. So we just pray right now. Jesus, help us. We pray in your 